0: Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Good morning, LifeGate Padstow. My name's Alex. I'm the service pastor of our Preston's campus, along with my wife, Laura. It's always nice to to come back here. How good is it to hear about May Mission Month and how much we've raised? As Andrew said, every year we seem to go above and beyond that, our targets. That's, that's so good. It's, it's such a privilege to partner with you guys to see transformation happening and, and poverty being broken in, in Cambodia. So good. Hey, I want us to have some fun today. I, I know we always have fun when we come to church. Well, I do. I have fun when I come to church, praising God, singing to Him, chatting with you guys, hearing about what God's doing in your life, but we're going to have even more fun than normal today. Are you ready? All right. I have three questions for you. Firstly, which disc is turning faster? Now, just have a think. Keep your answers in your head. Which disc is turning faster? All right. Number two. How many black dots are there? Quick, quick, count. How many black dots are there? Keep that number in your head. (laughs) seem to be struggling. I wonder why you're struggling. All right, number three. Which row of arrows is moving the fastest? All right. Got your answers? If your answers were, neither of the disks are moving, there are no black dots, and none of the arrows are moving, you'd be correct. So what did we learn from this? We, le- we learned that what we see with our eyes is not the full story. When you have kids around, and they're drawing or playing with toys, you-, you think they can't hear you, but they're actually absorbing everything that's going on around them. Our little toddler, Isaiah, he's always with us on Sundays when we're worshipping at church, and... You know, when, when we're worshipping, we think, like, he's playing with some other kid, he's got some toy, or he's just rolling around on the ground, and so we think that he's not taking in anything that we're doing with our worship, but the other day at home, he started singing a song that we've been singing recently at church. He was singing, Christ and Christ crucified, hallelujah, but being three, the word hallelujah is pretty hard to say, so what he actually said was, Christ and Christ Crucified how they knew ya. (laughs) It was pretty close. But so what I've been seeing with my eyes on Sundays in terms of Isaiah not taking in the worship, that's not the full story. When I married Laura, my wife, six years ago, we were at an airport waiting for a plane at a Southeast Asian airport during our honeymoon. And then two male staff walk up to her and ask her, to follow them. Now, I've heard many stories of corruption, coercion, bribery, even violence in this particular country that we were in. And so, immediately, my body went into fight mode. Meanwhile, she's already started walking off with these guys without saying a word to me. And they're taking it down some dimly lit corridor, down some stairs that no one else is using, down to a door. So I'm madly trying to follow them while watching these two guys walk to see if either of them has a limp or some kind of weakness that I can take advantage of when I need to take them down. So we get to this door, we walk out the door, and it turns out we're now outside the building, and I notice there's no one else around, and I also notice there are no cameras around. We keep following these two guys, we turn a corner, and now there are another two men waiting for us. At this point, I think they started to ask us some questions, but all I could think of was, How am I now going to take down four guys while protecting Laura? So the first move was going to be pull Laura back behind me to be safe and then come forward and punch the small guy here because there were two guys here and two guys in front of Laura. There's a big guy and then a small guy, but the small guy was clearly in charge based on his body language and the way he was speaking to the other guys. So I thought, knock this guy out first, knock out the leader and show the other guys that that I'm not playing around. Next step is, come back, elbow this guy in the chin, he'll be dizzy for a few minutes, (laughs) and then continue rotating around, uh, hit this guy in the liver, because if you get hit in the liver, you're on the ground for a while. That gives me time to deal with big guy over here, and then hopefully, we'll get a chance to run back inside to safety. Now, I should mention, I'm not a violent person. (laughs) Unless I need to be. And so, all this is going on in my head, and then, small guy over here who's in charge asks me if I'm in the army. I'm like, whoa! these guys are really sussing me out to see if if I'm going to put up a fight against them. So I'm getting ready to engage, but then small guy brings out a piece of paper with a picture on it. And the picture turns out to be an x-ray of our checked-in suitcase. So he points to the picture and he says, he, he asks us to show us something. So I'm like, okay. And then I notice our suitcase is actually on the floor over here. So I'm watching these guys while I walk over, and go to my suitcase, and then I realize what's going on. For our wedding, Laura's brother had given us pink, fluffy handcuffs. And it's illegal to carry handcuffs unless you're in the army or in law enforcement. So I pull out the pink, fluffy handcuffs. Everyone has a laugh while trying not to laugh. And then small guy says, okay, okay, So the situation that I saw with my eyes was definitely not the full story. (laughs) Have you ever been in a situation where what you saw with your eyes was not the full story? Maybe you invested some money into shares, or maybe into an investment property, or into starting your own business, only to see that investment crash and burn. So you thought that God didn't care about you, or maybe he's just not able to break you free from debt. What's most likely the case though is that there's still something that God wants you to learn or grow in before you're ready to take the next step into God's plan for your life. And so it's better for you to stay where you are and learn the lesson rather than move forward and face an obstacle that you're not equipped to handle. Or maybe God could see that financial success would eventually lead to money becoming your idol. And so he let that investment crash and burn so that you could preserve the thing that's most important in your life, which is your relationship with Him. Maybe you raised your kids knowing God and you always brought them to church. They're in kids' ministry, they're in youth ministry, but now that they're a bit older, you see them making mistake after mistake as they walk down a path that is not God's best for their life. And you're left wondering, why isn't God doing anything to bring them back? Maybe your health is a frustrating ordeal of problem after problem. And you see, you see God healing other people. You see him answering other people's prayers. And so you think, well, God must be too busy helping other people to have time for me. No, no, no. God is with you. And he is fighting for you. Let me show you how I know this. All the way back near the start of the Bible, Moses found himself in one of these situations. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 10, God had called Moses to ask the king of Egypt, named Pharaoh, to let the Israelites go. Because the Israelites were slaves there. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So Moses did exactly what God had commanded him to do. He asked Pharaoh again and again to let the Israelites go. But Pharaoh kept saying no. Anyone who was there at the time would have seen that God's plan of using Moses to free the Israelites was not working. Anyone who was there would have seen that God's displays of power time and time again were not enough to convince Pharaoh to release the Israelites. But We know that this is not the full story. If you're not familiar with the story of Moses, every time Moses asked Pharaoh to let the Israelites go, Pharaoh said no. And each time, God performed a miraculous act. But not the nice kind of miraculous. Now, these acts were called the plagues of Egypt. So finally, after God sent 10 plagues upon Egypt, Pharaoh finally let the Israelites go. So the Israelites are cheering. Yes, yes, we finally get to leave Egypt. We're free. Come on, guys. Come on, Jackson. Let's go. Don't forget to bring your donkey. But then, but then and your sling. Yeah, someone else will have to carry your, your wheat. But then God says this in Exodus, chapter 14, verses 2 to 4. Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdol and the sea, in front of Baal-Zephon, You shall encamp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will save the people of Israel. They are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host. and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So God has just told Moses and the Israelites that Pharaoh is going to chase them, but that God will defeat Pharaoh the Egyptians. So as promised pharaoh rolls up in his chariot along with all his horses and charioteers and army and he's trapping the Israelites between his army and the Red Sea. After decades of slavery though the Israelites aren't exactly in top fighting condition. There would just be a whole lot of tired malnourished people who would be no match for the trained Egyptian soldiers. But It's okay because the Israelites remembered God's displays of power through the ten miraculous acts or the ten plagues that he brought upon Egypt. And they also remembered that God had just said that Pharaoh was coming and that he would defeat Pharaoh. So the Israelites were confident that God would save them, right? No. No, definitely not. Here's what happened. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, And they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Very grateful, aren't they? And how did Moses respond? Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. So both the Israelites and Moses had seen the ten plagues that God brought upon Egypt. Both the Israelites and Moses had heard that God had said Pharaoh was coming, but that he would defeat Pharaoh. Both the, Egypt, both the Israelites and Moses are in the same location, in the same situation, both seeing the army behind them and the Red Sea in front of them. So why is it that the Israelites have such a different response to the situation than Moses does? Well, it's because the Israelites were seeing only with their eyes. And we know now not to trust our eyes because what we see with our eyes is not the full story. Moses, on the other hand, was seeing with faith. And that's why he was able to be in the same terrible situation as the Israelites, but still have peace and hope and confidence. Do you need some peace and hope and confidence in your life right now? If you feel like you're in a similar circumstance to the Israelites, where you can't see a way forward, and you can't go back. I wanna challenge you today to not limit your thinking just to what you see with your eyes, but instead to see with faith. Now, what do I mean by seeing with faith? Well, seeing with faith means trusting in the word of God and believing that he is who he says he is regardless of what's happening in your life. So when you see chaos and pain, and sickness in your life. Seeing with faith means grounding your hope and joy and peace on God's promises that tell us that He is your comforter and your healer. When people try to pull you down by saying that you're not good enough or you'll never make it. Seeing with faith means that you have the confidence that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, as it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Or when you're stuck between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army, and the only people you've got to fight for you are some malnourished slaves. And Jackson and his one arm and his donkey. No offense, I'm sure your donkey's very brave. What when you see this with your eyes, Moses shows us how to see with faith. Let's see again what he said. Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians, whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The more you see with faith, the more you realize that God is always with you and that he is fighting for you. I'll say it again. The more you see with faith, the more you realize that God is always with you and he is fighting for you. An interesting thing I noticed is that the Israelites saw the Red Sea as a barrier between them and the next chapter of their lives. But God saw the Red Sea as an instrument to bring breakthrough. If you don't know the story, God parted the Red Sea to allow the Israelites to walk through safely. And then as the Egyptians came chasing after them, God brought that Red Sea crashing down upon the Egyptians, defeating them. Is there something in your life that you see as a barrier, but God sees it as an instrument to bring breakthrough? Maybe you see your current financial limitations as a barrier, but God's waiting for you to be a good steward of your small amount of finances so that, so that he can bring breakthrough in your attitude towards money and so that you'll be a good steward when he increases your finances. Maybe your health issues that you see as a barrier to your freedom are actually what God wants to use to show you that His grace is sufficient for you. And so that means you don't need to have perfect health to have joy or peace or contentment. His grace is sufficient. Everything He has already done is enough. And so maybe this health barrier that you're facing is what God wants to use to bring breakthrough in your mindset. Maybe you've been asking God to help you find a husband or a wife. Can I have a show of hands? Who's, who's single with us today? Anyone? Come on, come on, be brave. Be brave. I'm helping you guys out because now, now you can look around and see who else is holding up their hands and chat to them after church, Okay. I sense a bit of shyness, so let me help you out. If you, uh, if you don't know how to start a conversation, find one of these people after church and say to them, you make me feel like Samson with his hair cut off, weak at the knees. You can use, you can use that one. You can thank me later. Have you been looking for a marriage partner for a while now? And you've been wondering... Why is everyone else around me finding partners and getting married while I'm just stuck here getting cold and lonely behind this relationship barrier? Maybe you liked a girl or a guy, but they ended up with someone else, and you're wondering, where is God in all of this? Well, what if God allowed this to happen because it was going to be an unhealthy relationship and was going to end up doing you more harm than good? Or maybe God allowed it to happen because he wants to work on your priorities so that you don't end up doing your partner more harm than good. So maybe this relationship barrier that you're seeing is what God wants to use to bring breakthrough in your priorities so that you'll be able to have a healthy marriage. What I'm saying is this. Whatever barrier you see in your life, Choose today to see with faith because this will change your perspective from seeing a barrier to seeing an instrument for God to bring breakthrough. Seeing with faith changes your perspective from thinking that a barrier indicates an absence of God to realizing that if there is a barrier, then God's breakthrough is just around the corner as long as you're living to please Him. And as long as you're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. I felt it was important to say this because even though it's true that God is always with you and he is fighting for you, you're not going to see much progress in your life if you're fighting against him. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, while God is fierce in love and is sovereign over all things, he is also gentle and patient And so he gives you the free will to choose to either fight against him by remaining stuck in your unhealthy mindset or in your anger or in your pride. Or you can choose to fight alongside God by seeing with faith and working with God to achieve breakthrough, just like Moses did. When I was preparing this message, this example of Moses the Israelites was the first of four examples that I wanted to use to show you that when you see with faith, you'll realize that God is always with you and that he is fighting for you. But since I can't keep you here for another two hours, let me just leave you with a few final thoughts. The reason I've focused today on seeing with faith rather than seeing with our eyes is because of what it says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So even though we see struggles in the physical world around us, even though we see pain, brokenness, evil, death, This is all merely a result of the spiritual battle that we're in. The spiritual battle that's going on in the unseen. Guys, whether you like it or not, we are all in a spiritual battle. So are you going to fight against God by choosing to be so prideful that you don't take correction because you think you're always right? Are you going to fight against God by holding on to unforgiveness or by putting all your faith in your own abilities or in what other people say instead of what it says in the Bible? Or are you going to fight alongside God by seeing with faith, which means trusting in the Word of God and believing that God is who He says He is in the Bible, regardless of what's happening in your life? Fight alongside God by trusting in His promise to supply your every need as you seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Fight alongside God by trusting that He is working in all things for your good. As it says in Romans 8.28, For we know that God works in all things for the good of those who love Him. It doesn't say, for we know that God works in the good times for the good of those who love Him. No, it says God works in all things for the good of those who love Him. So that's the good times and the bad times. Fight alongside God by believing that He is who He says He is, which includes being our healer, and our comforter, and our protector. Seeing with faith is how you fight the spiritual battle alongside God. You might be hearing this and thinking, okay, I see we're in a spiritual battle, and I should fight alongside God, but I'm in no position to fight. I'm no warrior. I'm not strong enough. I'm not confident enough. I don't know enough about God. I don't know enough about the Bible. I would just end up screwing everything up. I don't have what it takes to be a warrior for God. If you relate to any of these thoughts, I need you to listen clearly to what I'm about to say. These are lies from Satan, who is our spiritual enemy. It doesn't matter what's happened in your past. This includes things that you've done, things that you should have done but didn't do. It even includes things that have been done to you. It doesn't matter how old you are or what others say about you or how poorly you view yourself. If you're a follower of Jesus, then whatever happened in your past, it doesn't matter anymore. Yes, there are consequences to everything we do, but Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection paid the price for the forgiveness of all of our mistakes, once and for all. So all you need to do is repent and follow Jesus, and he gives you a clean slate, a fresh start. The old is gone, the new has come. What matters is what you do now. What matters is how you fight this spiritual battle. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. I saw a quote, and I want to share it with you. It goes like this. The devil saw me with my head down, and he thought he'd won, until I looked up and said, Amen. When you surrender to God, when you make him the Lord of your life, When you humble yourself before Him, people might see you like this. But in the spiritual realm, you'll be seen like this. As God fights for you, fight alongside God by seeing with faith, which means trusting in the Word of God and believing that he is who he says he is, regardless of what's happening in your life. I'm going to welcome the welcome team, the worship team back up. And as we sing this last song, I want you to think about which areas of your life do you need to be seeing with faith? Is it in your relationships, in your finances, in your health, in some other situation? Where do you need to take your eyes off what you see around you and instead see with faith? See what the word says. What does God say? Who is God? What's he doing? What's the barrier that God wants to use as breakthrough in your life? And as we sing, I welcome you up for communion. If you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus said to remember him by taking the bread which represents his body and the cup which represents his blood and his body and blood that he gave for us. He fought. He's still fighting the spiritual battle, but he was fighting it 2,000 years ago as well when he came to earth and gave his body to us. He died on the cross for us. And so he's been fighting all this time, so this is our way to remember him by taking communion, thanking him for what he's done. But please take some time, spend it with God, to ask him, where do I need to see with faith? Where do I need to be fighting my spiritual battle? Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.